My name is Carmen Lopez. Today is December 8, 2016. I am here at the Central Public Library uh, with John Bay uh, for the Our Streets Our Stories Oral History Project focused on the criminal justice system. So John, uh, can you tell us about your experience with the justice system? Sure. Um, I, at the age of 16, I got arrested and convicted as an adult. I was sentenced to five years of probation. Several years after I violated probation um, by leaving the country and with a new offense or with a new charge, and I was sentenced to uh, one and a half to four and a half years in prison, um, which I served the majority of in um, various New York State correctional facilities. And um, can you tell us about uh, your experience with? Um your family, like, was that? Yeah, so, you know, I think my family was crucial, was a crucial component to my successful reentry. Um, it, in hindsight, I, was, I probably took it for granted, but, you know, one of the huge things that they provided was housing. Um, they offered a, a place for me to live, and gave me the opportunity to return to a community, um, or return to a different community than where I once was. And, you know, not once were, did they bring, bring up um, my prison experience in a way to um, kind of put me down. Um, they were extremely supportive of um, having to go to parole, um, having the parole officer make their make visits, and you know my sister especially you know supported me throughout my education and until I left the house. Okay, and um, in what ways do you feel you have changed after? incarceration? Um, can always only think of the bad ways, <laughs> but I, I think I'm a, a lot colder, I think, and a lot more aloof, and I can be, I feel like I've become desensitized. Um, and I think cold and aloof, it's something that I had to develop, I guess, um, to disconnect myself from the outside world during my incarceration to um, to make time go by a little faster, and um, I think in an environment like prison or jail, um, you're not you're taught or you have to always keep your guard up and not show any weak emotion, right, or any weakness, and I think in building up to that you know you become desensitized um, to all these things that are happening to you or happening around you I've never experienced any violent acts towards me um, but I, I think all the trauma and the inadvertent tra trauma that that was surrounding me um, kind of led me to develop this shell, right, uh, that I took out with me to the streets. Um, 
And how has that translated into what you experience now or the way that you... I, it's difficult for me to show emotion. Um, it, and I, I keep my circles very small. I, I, one of the other things actually is um, I'm not able to take joy or be happy about something for long periods of time. You know, it's, uh, it's very short-lived. Um, it's just something that has to be done, and then that's it. Like, I didn't go to my graduation, right? I think I went to work. Because um, it was just something that it didn't, it was, it was, you walk on the stage, you get a piece of paper, you know, I got my degree, right? I, I don't need any, like, recognition for it. Or um, if I would have won an award or something like that, yeah, it was great, but it was just a very short-lived um, joy or happiness. And I think that that's one way that it translated into the world outside. Um, can you talk about how ethnicity played a role in your incarceration? Um, it really didn't. Um, I I didn't feel the. Um, I felt my ethnic background as an Asian American um, in, in many ways protected me during my incarceration. Um, there weren't that many many of us in prison or jail, um, and they all thought that we knew Kung Fu or we were part of a mob or something like that. So that was good. Um, but in my reentry process, and in hindsight, I definitely. I can see that my ethnicity um, or the way people perceived me was, was was an advantage. You know, like a few weeks into my release, I was able to get a job and it wasn't, you know, no questions asked. It was just like, are you going to school? Do you speak Korean? Okay, you start next week. And that was that. Um, and working with so many people, um, and especially like black and Latino men, they, it was so, their reentry experience was a lot different than mine, right? And I always wonder if my race had, was a huge factor in that. Um, what about the stigma of coming back, you know, reentry? Did you, um, when you have shared your experience about being in jail with someone, or do, do you do that? Or yeah, um, I before I tended not to, just because I always want to establish my own identity as John Bay, not John Bay, formerly incarcerated, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and I think I did that pretty well for the past five, six years. Um, it's not like I wanted to um, hide it from people or just be, you know, secretive about it. It's just that I, I, I wanted to establish myself and, and not be measured by 
this prison experience or jail experience, right? It's just, you know, starting from my release, everything that I've done up, to, up until then, right? It's like starting again. And that is the starting point, not my incarceration. Um, so it wasn't so much about the stigma of being formally incarcerated. It was, it was being measured with as that, right? And I, I think that's where um, I, I wanted to establish my identity. And what do you think you've learned from uh, having that experience? I've learned that the system is unjust and unfair. I've learned that we need to, we as a society, need to ensure equitable opportunities uh, for communities that have been marginalized and oppressed um, for centuries. I think I've learned that um, that you didn't ask this before, right? Uh, I, I, I've learned that I, you know what, let me email you or something. I'll get back to you on that. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, and can you share about, um, what you do right now and yeah. Sure. Um, so I work for the Vera Institute of Justice and our main mission is to um, drive change and improve justice systems for all the people that are involved, um, whether it's like communities, families, incarcerated, formerly incarcerated people, um, and government agencies. Uh, we do that by partnering with local, state, and federal agencies to shift or implement policy or um, implement new programming. We also uh, produce research and so what I do is I work on two areas Um, one is expanding access to college and prison and the other is expanding access to uh, public housing for people coming out of prison or jail Um, so I work with several states um, and colleges and correctional facilities in those states um, to make sure that their college in, in prison program succeeds. And um, I work with the New York City Housing Authority on their family reentry pilot program. And we're also launching a national project to work with um, other public housing authorities to either change policies or implement programming. And do you think uh, the fact that you were part of the justice system affects in any way the way that you approach the job? Um, yes, I, I think I come with a criti- with an advantage. Um, just having either walked the path as the people that we're trying to serve or 
interacting with various people um, in my journey, through my journey, I am able to see their perspectives and I think it gives me an easier time to work with them. Um, I don't, just because I have, just because I am formally incarcerated doesn't mean that I'm biased. Um, I, I think that I can take into account everybody's experiences and also how they um, see certain things and use that to improve systems. Yeah. And um, how do you envision a different, if you do, uh, a different justice system? Um, I, in so many ways, um, but I'm just going to take one small slice and talk about prisons. Um, I think the, we, we're always caught up in these principles of punishment rehabilitation, retribution, incapacitation, deterrence. Um, and I, I, I think with the current system, it's, it's difficult to even satisfy one, let alone, let alone all four. So I think, you know, the prison system should be split. I think, you know, the first half should be should give thought to the victim or, or the public's not need for retribution, but um, I guess it, you know, a person who breaks the law, if you look at it from like a philosophical or political science standpoint, they, you know, they've transgressed against society, so therefore society needs to, um, they want some sort of revenge for that right or or something for that right some accountability so i i, I think the the first half of a person's prison sentence focuses on you know ensuring that accountability right but i think the second half focuses on the transition into the community and not rehabilitation you know i, I think rehabilitation the notion of re rehabilitation is flawed because you think that um no like Rehabilitation is flawed because or the notion of rehabilitation is flawed because it implies that something is broken or something can be fixed and be brought back to another state. And I think in many cases with people who are incarcerated, that's not the case, right? Um, so I think that the second half of a person's sentence should focus on resources right whether it's college education skills connections to the community that gives people resources and information not only to just get a job or to become a student upon release but to make the right decisions or to have all the all the choices or opportunities available to make the decisions so that they don't go back into prison Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thanks.